I'm the mom who knows nada. My name is Brianna, and this is the Mama Knows Nada podcast. I am so honored to invite this next guest, Jacinda Golden. Um, she's a midwife here in Florida, and she's going to tell us all about her practice and some trends and all the good stuff about being a midwife and all the things that I don't know. So welcome, Jacinda. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. And you, of course, and you are um, Jacksonville Community Midwives. And that's where you work. That's your thing. That's your jam. So what attracted you to the profession of, of midwifery? Yeah. So first of all, let me just say I'm one of the midwives. So we're a group practice. <laughs> I am not the entire situation. Um, yeah. So I was during my undergrad, like my undergrad's totally unrelated. Um, it's in theology. So yeah, right. Christian theology. Fun. So, but I was, I was really, um, wanting to go into women's health. I, I thought nursing, like I wanted to go into nursing and hmm. particularly like women's health. Um, like I was really drawn to labor and delivery, just kind of like just innately. Like I didn't, I hadn't had babies, obviously I didn't have experience. It was just like, Oh, that looks like a great job that I want to do. Um, but I have my oldest sister, she's nine years older than me. So she was having babies while I was doing my undergrad. And, um, she had like just really normal textbook, uh, hospital births. And like, mm -hmm. it didn't excite me at all. It was just like, she just, went through it. It was fine. Everybody's healthy, but there was no sense of, um, I don't know, just like that life-changing empowerment or it wasn't like, yeah. it wasn't special enough, I guess for me, um, for, hmm. for what I, if I'm going to spend my life doing something, it's just like, Oh, Hmm. I don't know if I love hmm. this system. So in New, in New Zealand where I grew up, um, we don't have labor and delivery nurses. We have midwives who fulfill that role. Um, and they, okay. they do most of the care, most of the maternity care is done by midwives. And then, you know, any higher risk pregnancy is overseen by an OB, um, but it's, it's all integrated. So the hospital, the birth mm. center, um, home birth is like all integrated, similar to Canada. So I was familiar with midwives in the out of hospital birth and kind of just thinking, having seen my sister's experiences, thinking through what I wanted to do. I was like, oh, I guess I'll just go be a midwife. Um, so I like Googled <laughs> how to become a midwife in America, in the States. Um, and there's actually, uh, there's actually three types of midwives in the United States with different qualifications and different mm -hmm. educational tracks. Um, and so the most common that you're going to find, like working with OBs, um, working in the hospital as a certified nurse midwife. That's not what I am. Um, so they, so they are nurses, they're RNs who then complete a master's degree in midwifery and they work, they have a larger scope of practice. They work usually in physicians offices and they work in hospitals, um, or more and more mm -hmm. birth centers because like, you know, everybody's sensing the shift and the need for options. So I am a direct entry midwife, meaning I'm my, I don't have a degree in nursing. Um, I went directly from my undergrad. I went directly to midwifery school and completed like a three year program in a specialized midwifery school. So my scope of practice is for low risk, normal, healthy pregnancy, primarily outside of the hospital. Um, there's nothing that like, would disqualify us from working inside the hospital, outside mm -hmm. of hospitals, like 
typically say mm, no. And, no and for good reason, like it's a, it's a, the educational path um, and even the mm-hmm. licensing, so the qualifications and the licensing for direct entry midwives, um, so either a certified professional midwife or I'm a licensed mm-hmm. midwife, um, it varies from state to state. So it can get really oh. like confusing. Like in Florida, we're really well regulated and we have some mm-hmm. of the highest um, qualification or like educational requirements. Um, and then we're mm-hmm. licensed by the state. And nationally, we're certified professional midwives. Um, but like you go to North Carolina and what we do would completely be like illegal. And if it is done, yeah, oh, if, if it's done, it's, uh, you know, like there's a reason I'm not in North Carolina. It's done like really underground. So there's kind of, there's a systemic um, disconnect in free mm. and unfortunately um, home birth and out of hospital birth hasn't really made its way in a significant way into like mainstream mm. maternity care. So we're still just kind of on the fringes, but people want it. Like women want mm-hmm. the choice and they want yes. to have options. And so that's why that's really, that's, I talk way too much. This is going to go too ah, You're fine. Um, we're talking to you about you. Yeah, so right. my Good. favorite topic. <laughs> sure your work is though yeah, and working with I women is, I, and that's the thing like um yeah that's what brought me here I started the I started it I said I want to be a midwife I got my feet wet and I have never left like it is what I love doing um and it's really we just we do it we don't do it for the babies people think oh you must really love babies I'm like well of course everybody loves babies like babies are great, <laughs> but we don't, I totally, I, and I can speak for my partners and for most midwives, like we do it because we love women. Like we want yeah. birthing people, like we want them to be heard, to be supported, to be empowered yeah. and to be, um, in charge of their own bodies and to be in right. charge of their decisions. Um, so we're just supporting, we're just supporting women birthing people families to, mm-hmm. to be safe and to get to do what they want. Um, you know, so I think that's an interesting point you bring up. And part of the reason, like I'm, I want to expose more people to midwifery because I didn't think it was an option for me. And to your point, only certain types of midwives would have taken me on as mm-hmm. a client. Um, and that's because I have a history of blood clots. And even mm-hmm. though my pregnancy and delivery was perfect, it was great, great and wonderful. You would, there's only so many doctors of midwife of midwifery in the country. Where do you find them? All that kind of stuff. And that's the kind of person who would have taken myself on mm-hmm. as a client. But I think that we're really ill-informed about what women are capable of. And we think that everything has to be done in a hospital and it doesn't. I actually have several friends, one of which lives in New Zealand mm-hmm. currently, is an American, lives in New Zealand. And they've done the home birth path, which I find fascinating And I think it's really interesting to give people a different dynamic of how you can have an empowered and celebratory birth instead of like a clinical and, you know, like regiment, like regimented, like you are just another, you know, source of income for this hospital. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important to understand like what the options are um, and to give women that opportunity to be empowered, to make a decision that is best for Mm -hmm. them, whether they are high risk or low Mm -hmm. risk. Um, so on that note, who is an ideal candidate for a home birth in particular? So yeah, for home birth is, I mean, honestly, I think everybody deserves a midwife and 
the midwifery style of care, like regardless. Mm -hmm. And I think that is possible. But for home birth, um, you know, we are limited to low risk, normal, healthy mm -hmm. pregnancy. So most first time parents, most first time moms start out as low risk, like unless you have some sort of underlying health condition, mm -hmm. if you are pre-existing like um, high blood pressure or diabetes, or I mean like more serious things, most people starting out are gonna be low risk and healthy. Um, mm -hmm. And actually when like age isn't really a big deal, um, <laughs> you can be 40. It's totally okay. Like you can be 40 plus um, and you, it does increase. It's a little bit higher risk, but it's not automatically like, whoa, like there's no way you can have a home birth. <laughs> yeah. So right. that's a common one that people are like, am I, can I do this? I'm 36. I'm like, yeah, that's great. You can totally <laughs> do this. Um, but yeah, so first time moms, um, are usually good and and anybody i mean really anybody who doesn't have high risk factors now that can change mm -hmm. during pregnancy so that's mm -hmm. why um prenatal care is important like the mm -hmm. role of prenatal care is to to monitor your the client and the baby throughout the process just to make sure that they are staying normal healthy low risk and nothing concerning is creeping up um, and then ultimately it's just people who want it, you know, um, I tell mm -hmm. women all the time, the best place for you to have a baby is where you feel the most safe, the most supported. Um, and that is so different from person to person. So if you want yes. birth and you're healthy, like you can absolutely start with a midwife. If anything happens during the pregnancy, um, you cross that bridge when you come to it makes perfect sense actually you know you can always change your mind right. <laughs> you know? and you can still have a midwife in the hospital setting exactly if you want as well exactly. right yeah perfect um what are the benefits of a home birth versus a more traditional hospital birth um so i saw this on the question list i'm like i don't know how to answer that i have i don't have a lot of hospital experience um when i go to the hospital it's you know, because something has gone on at home, whether it's mm -hmm. just a really long labor, like we have a complication or a need for more intervention. So whenever I go to the hospital, like we are going there for interventions. Mm -hmm. um, but I think some of, especially right now, like during the pandemic day and age yeah. and all the time, just the benefit of the home birth, it really is being in your space with your people mm -hmm. and um, you feel like the, the boss of your birth, like you are absolutely, every woman is the center of her birth, but it mm -hmm. feels that way more at home because at you home. don't have to get permission for anything. Like you do what you want. You wear what you want. You go in any room of your house. You can labor anywhere. Yeah. Um, you can eat and drink. You have the people that you want there, your family, your pets. Um, and so that tends to keep people um, feeling more like in a calm, relaxed state, um, mm. as opposed to the, the discomforts, the smells, the feel, the, um, strangeness of uh, mm -hmm. the hospital can maybe, you know, invoke more like anxiety possibly, or like stress, which is counterproductive to labor. To birth. Yeah. <laughs> and I can still, I, I cannot see you anymore. Oh, that's okay. We'll go 
We'll just okay. roll with it. I'm just looking <laughs> okay, at myself. Oh, I'm yeah. just like I can see you. <laughs> Technology. I can still see me, so I don't know what's it's going on. Right. But my computer has not crashed again, so, so we're going to call that a win. Okay. Um, good to know, though. Um, what ways do you think women are misinformed about the practice of midwifery and the home birth process? Yeah, there's a couple of things. So we already touched on, um, I think women are sometimes uncertain about who can have a home birth. So, mm-hmm. um, like a lot of people just kind of get a high risk label for things that, you know, like totally can be workable, um, for licensed midwives or for midwifery care. Um, and then I think again, and some of this is our own problem because of the different types of midwives, because it's not completely Mm. cohesive and, um, you know, from state to state is so different. So I think, um, women are misinformed about maybe the qualifications of midwives. Mm. Uh, I get a lot of like, what's the difference between a doula and a midwife? And I was like, Oh, Oh, wow. He just opens like doulas are not supposed to be performing any medical, you know, things. Oh, so, and doulas are awesome. We love doulas. Like doulas are essential and vital and we love them. But I did, there's a lot of misinformation. Like, Oh, can I just hire mm-hmm. a doula? Um, or there, there can be just confusion about, um, a midwife's scope of practice. Um, yeah. and, but that just comes because it does differ. That just comes down to like asking good questions when you're interviewing a midwife and, um, like midwives providers being open and honest and transparent about who they are and what they do. And if somebody's not doing that, like you have bigger problems anyhow, like any provider, every provider everywhere needs to be transparent and honest across the board. Even if it's OB, like you need to know like what I always Google when I go to a new doctor, where they studied and where they did their residency or residencies. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's really important to understand the scope of education and also hospitals in every state do things differently mm-hmm. everywhere. Like, even though you think it's like standardized, different hospitals mm-hmm. have different like go-to practices that not other, the other, other hospitals. Do. Right. So it just is what it is. Right. And like an example of that is I have, a situation called thoracic outlet syndrome and my ribs were compressing my subclavian veins. And so one practice in California, like at Stanford would have been to like medicate me and watch me for a year. And while it's like another practice that you see at UCLA is like, let's remove the rib and see if that alleviates the situation, mm-hmm. you know? So they're just two different schools of thought mm-hmm. based on where you are just to give kind of any listener, like context, like it's not universal. And so what you're saying about midwifery is it's not universal. So it makes yeah. it very open for misinformation and for people to think that doulas and right. midwives are the same, but they're not. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, there's a big difference. Yeah. Um, and, and on that note, like, uh, the side side note and I'm going to sound biased. I'm not, I just want people to be informed. Um, there is also like a new, newer, the, the unassisted birth trends mm-hmm. is growing or like, um, using a birth keeper, which is a really undefined, that's a very undefined term. And I don't have a problem with it, but it's so undefined that it can be people who are like basically providing midwifery services, um, as a birth keeper, like without 
qualifications. Um, and some people want that. Some people, again, everybody does have the freedom to choose what they want. People just do need mm -hmm. to be discerning and to be, to know what they want and to be able to ask the right questions to make sure the person they are hiring is going to provide the services that they want. Right. Just like, I think that's a really good yeah. note. That's awesome because I didn't even know there was a thing as a birth keeper. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> okay. I, mean, it's, I mean, if you think about it, a birth keeper is, I mean, as old as humans are, like it's essentially the description to anybody who True. attends a birth and supports the birthing person and holds space for them. So I like, like oh. there's a, there's a beauty to the term. Um, if you're paying for a birth keeper, that's like a little bit different. So it just, it can be. Good. It can be anybody. I don't know. Also, also questions. <laughs> For a note, I think that's that's a that's an incredible thing to kind of keep in mind. Like, ask questions, especially if you want to do something home birth or outside of a hospital mm -hmm. or whatever, and it's your first time. It can be a little bit overwhelming just in general. So on that kind of note in vain, like, what do you wish more women understood about birth and the delivery process? Oh. Um, again, I don't know. I don't know what everybody thinks. It's really hard to know. Um, I wasn't sure if there was something that you've come across regularly with people. Like for me in particular, this is just maybe naivete or, or ignorance or just, I didn't know you delivered the placenta. Okay. <laughs> I, just, I had no idea. Like, like that was a that, thing. That women until I was Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I knew that they, I knew that we had placenta mm -hmm. and that's where the babies lived. I didn't realize that that organ <laughs> comes out after the baby until I was pregnant. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, again, I'm so, I'm in this world with like home birth people, but, um, I, I do, I just mostly, um, wish that people that, birthing people, women really understood how like their role is, it is it, like it is the vital force and the vital role. Mm. And, um, and they do have more control than they think. Um, and really throughout labor, throughout birth, there's a lot that you cannot control. Like you cannot mm -hmm. control when it's going to happen, how long it's going to be you have a little bit of control prenatally over like the position of the baby, which is really important, like more than just head down, like yes. which way the baby's facing, if it's little chin is touched, like you can do things to help with that. Um, but yeah, a lot of labor, there's no control over, but what you can control is your mind and your breathing um, to a certain mm -hmm. extent. And so just really setting yourself up for success is having only people who are supportive and on the same page as you, like with you in that birthing space. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just having the tools like, and, and some of this like is, is prenatal prep. Like you can't just walk into your birth. Some people can mostly you can't just walk into your birth and like with no expectations or no plan or practice of how you're going to cope and like rock an unmedicated birth. Like you'll, you'll still do it. You might get through it like screaming and yelling, like, Women are amazing though. Our bodies are amazing. Like you can do it, but for, for success or for, for feeling, I guess that empowerment through it, 
Mm. It's really being well supported and having coping methods to just be able to relax and stay calm and like trust the process. Um, yeah, go. That makes perfect go sense. Stay, stay relaxed, stay calm. Um, I wish that people didn't care about the mucus plug. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Everybody's so excited. Oh, like I got some mucus plug. Like, I'm like, oh, it's not. You may or may not have a baby this week. Like, I don't. It's the mucus plug <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, I wish people didn't care about um or understood that dilation doesn't mean much prior to like active labor. Dilation doesn't mean anything. You don't need your cervix to be checked. It doesn't tell your provider almost anything other than, oh, good, like your body does something. Um, it's opening. Yeah. It's making space. Yeah. It's so, like, those, making space. those cervical checks, like, I mean, any cervical check prior to 40 weeks, unless there's a good reason, like something's happening or I don't know. It's mm. just curiosity. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't tell us anything. Um, what else? No, that's know. good. I remember like being in the labor process and I was obviously in a hospital and I was like, said to my husband, I was like, I don't think there's ever been so many hands in my vagina. It was like the doctor, the resident, like, it was like all these people. I was like, I've never been touched so much. This is so bizarre. And you, it's really, most of that is unnecessary. And maybe in that, maybe, you know, there's learning to be had, but, um, right. Teaching hospital, but good God. Like if this was any other situation, it would be like in a sexual assault. <laughs> yeah, oh. which can happen. I mean, or exactly trauma. Any touching without your permission, without your consent, more than you really are comfortable with. You know, it's just we don't. That doesn't have to happen, yeah. and you can say no. Yeah, that's that's a really good note. Sometimes I think we give so much. What's the word I'm looking for? Like accolades and. Rightfully so, like doctors are more intelligent, especially about niche, you know, situations. But like, I think sometimes we forget that ultimately it's our body, our, our choice, like it's our control. And if you don't like something that's happening, you can be like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we just like give into the, the process in the system without thinking that this is the way it should be, mm-hmm. but is it like, well, that's why we're talking about yeah. it. Is this the way it should be? Um, the other thing I'm really interested to know about in terms of like home birth, et cetera, have you noticed any like trends, like an uptick in it or more curiosity? I feel like since my friends started having children, I know like three or four people who have had a home birth and I feel like, you know, 10 years ago, mm. that wasn't really a thing. Maybe it's cause I was ignorant to it, but I feel like it's becoming more popular. Mm-hmm. Is that the case? Or? Yeah, I should have actually looked up the numbers. I don't know what the statistics <laughs> okay. are, but I definitely, again, I'm skewed because it's my job. And so, oh, everybody wants a home birth. Um, but yeah, it is, <laughs> it definitely, even since, so I've been licensed for, uh, since 2015, six years. Um, and so one thing that, I would, I think it's actually really interesting. So there's definitely been an, I think there's been an increase in awareness Mm -hmm. and people wanting home birth. A lot of people want birth center births. Um, we don't have Mm. enough birth centers here at least to like fulfill that need. Um, like they get turned away and like, Oh, I guess you have to have a home birth, but the home birth is the best. (laughs) It's awesome. Um, but actually what I've noticed probably in the last 
two years. Um, and I don't know if it's just our area or, you know, mm-hmm. across the board, but a lot more black women have been choosing out of hospital birth or choosing home birth. Mm. Like we've seen, cause kind of like for, for a long time there. Um, and some of this, I don't know, it's just a knowledge access. Um, mm-hmm. for a long time, it was like home birth was for your, uh, you know, like college educated white women in their like early thirties, there was kind of like, if someone's having a home birth, you could kind of like visualize who that person was in your mind. But um, yeah, actually we're seeing, I mean, like the, the demographic of people choosing home birth is broadened immensely. But yeah, I've definitely seen a lot more black women, women of color, um, in, in our area in Jacksonville than I did like the few years prior. prior. Um, and I actually, I wonder if some of that is coming from, um, there's a, you know, social media has kind of pushed the awareness to the, um, mm-hmm. really like abysmal maternal mortality and morbidity rates that are so like um, disproportionate for black women. Mm-hmm. So I think some of that, mm-hmm. and, and I hear like, I have women sit down, um, in their consultation and they're just like, I'm afraid of the hospital, which is sad. Like if that's, that's a big mm-hmm. systemic problem. Like we're not okay with that. We want to change that because hospitals are really essential and not everybody is a yeah. candidate for home birth or can access it. So we, mm-hmm. we need to work on that, but it's, it also does. It's good to know that there are other options for women that really honestly don't like midwifery people in home birth, women of color with midwives do not have the same mm-hmm outcomes um, across the board. That's really interesting. Um, and I've actually looked up the statistics before too, Mm -hmm. and it is very, I would say harrowing to realize that what I say to a doctor will be taken one way and a woman of color will not have that same credit to her name. And it makes sense that women of color would go outside the hospital to have a more safe and protected birth. And I can't speak on their behalf. Obviously I'm a white woman with a white experience, but I think just being aware of that disconnect in our system is really, really important. And I think it needs to be highlighted even more so than when we can talk about it. So I'm not surprised that they, that women of color would be an increase in home birth. Absolutely not. Or seeking um, midwives as their primary care for um, health, mm-hmm. for women's health. I think that's another kind of misconception we could delve into mm-hmm. a little bit. Like w- w- midwives can also be healthcare providers prenatally, certain ones. Yes, certified nurse that- midwives or who are also usually uh, ARNP, nurse practitioner. Um yeah, they can. So they can, and they can continue to follow a woman when she's not pregnant for like her well mm-hmm. woman checks, um, birth control. Yeah. So direct entry midwives, not so much. We're kind of like when you're pregnant through, yeah. you know, six to eight weeks postpartum. <laughs> Delivery. Yeah. 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 The, the normal postpartum. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, nurse midwives, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's a good thing to like kind of highlight is that there are different types of midwives mm-hmm. and some of them can actually provide you mm-hmm. with your women's health care, which I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. 
until I started doing research. So that's a fun fact. Um, can you tell us a little bit about like a home birth setup for people who might not know what that could look like or the options that you can do within your home? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's absolutely (laughs) limitless. And I have been into, I mean, hundreds upon hundreds of homes and we can do a birth anywhere. Like, I mean, we just, so, um, when you're planning a home birth, like there's definitely like things you have to get in place, um, like things that make sense, sheets, towels, trash bags. Mm-hmm. And then um, most midwives will have like a birth kit that you purchase or is given to you that has like the disposable supplies. So the underpads, gloves, gauze, peri bottle, like disposable yeah. supplies. Um, and then, yeah, everybody has a list of like other things together. Um, and we just like, follow a mom like a lot of people do choose to have a a birth pool or some kind of Mm -hmm. you know the water whether or not they want to give birth in the hospital it's really amazing for pain management um so having that available is great and a lot of people choose that and a lot of people want water birth anyhow because i don't know that's fun i guess they were this is what they want (laughs) um i did did both ways i have two kids i did one on lands and one in the water um (laughs) Yeah. I like that. I want to land on them. But yeah, so most people will set up like their bedroom, um, like with, with their bed kind of like prepared and set up. Um, and then the birth pool, wherever they put that, but then we just follow the mom, like caught plenty of babies, like on or very close to the toilet, um, like hands and knees on the floor, hands and knees in the bed is really common. Oh. I mean, leaning back in the bed, in the in the pool, you can be in a variety of positions. Um, there's no like, you can be in any position. It's really, I mean, I've caught babies with the mom standing, um, which that's all always really intense because the babies come flying out. And that's what, that's what <laughs> it really feels like catching. Like, oh, like, gotcha. Gravity, holding that gravity's baby. helping. Um, but yeah, it's not, you don't Aww. have to have a lot. Like, I mean, you don't have to have a lot. Um, any home, as long as like, we do have to do a minimum of one home visit prior to birth, um, per our like state law. And we have to verify there's electricity and running water. Like that is the minimum. Um, yeah, it really so you can add in anything you, you want. Can do it. And some people, or, like with, you know, Pinterest and Instagram, like people are getting cuter and cuter with their birth spaces. Like when I, when I was doing it, I don't know. It wasn't, I wasn't that cute. Um, so I set up my little space, but now people will put like little lights in the bottom of the birth pool, like mm-hmm. under the liner and they'll have their affirmations or like some people choose to make like an altar, which these things are really great because you do need things to, to try to focus your energy on to cope with mm-hmm. pain. Like it's, it's intense. It's powerful. And just having put so much intention into the space, I think that mm-hmm. definitely comes through, um, with something to focus on something to grasp when you're like going through labor. That makes the perfect sense. My, one of my friends did that. She is like a yoga space. Mm-hmm. And so she set up her birth pool in the yoga space and has lights all around it to make it like calming with like all her affirmations. But because like she's, she's delivering in the same place that she's like practicing her like mm-hmm. tranquility and like finding her, 
her, like her breath and all the things you're talking about, like it's almost like that, the energy she's given that space up to that Mm -hmm. point is calming yeah. for her and just a relaxing and so it's just kind of cute to like see yeah. what you're talking about like the setup and like how people do and it actually that, it's, it's really interesting it makes me think of how you say that like being in that space that already has that energy i think that is one special thing about home birth like um there's an absolute intimacy to birth and some parts of like labor and birth they very much can mirror like like intimate private things like sex Mm -hmm. like bowel movements like things that people don't want bright lights and like a million eyes like necessarily (laughs) focused and so yeah a lot of women they they keep the lights low you know a lot of labors are at night anyhow um low light some women will just kind of like close themselves off in the in the restroom with their partner or their doula and like we're just we're we monitor babies throughout labor intermittently and then we're just in the space and we're like listening um and just listening to women can tell us almost everything we need to know about what's going Mm -hmm. on um we don't always need to see them or touch them like the noises that they're making tell us so much like we know when a baby's about to come based on what (laughs) noises a woman's making um so so you can have that really private that kind of like cocoon like quiet cozy warm dark place um, and that's fine with us. We just, if we need to shine a flashlight, we shine a flashlight. <laughs> What's going on in yeah, there? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what do you feel? Hey, is it baby <laughs> day? Okay. <laughs> I don't think I would, I don't think I would, when I like feel my baby's head, that would freak me out, I think, but probably good. I didn't have a home birth. <laughs> Yeah. It would have been like you the know, worst exactly. candidate it's for it. It's all about what you want, what's right for you. <laughs> Whatever is best for you is where you should be. Uh, what about, what? who else do you think should be part of like a birth team? Like, is mm-hmm. there an ideal setup or what makes a good, well-rounded yes. birth, home birth team in particular? Um, so obviously, like usually there's a significant other involved. Um, and even if it's not like the baby's other parent, um, like a, a main, like a primary support person. So who is supportive and it's, it's their experience too. Like usually it's their child, like they're very much part of this team. Um, but man, doulas, doulas, especially, I mean, I don't know, I, absolutely they're essential in the hospital and they're so important outside of the hospital or somebody to act as a doula, um, whether it's a friend or, I mean, a, a trained and experienced doula is priceless. And so part of that is because, um, we don't do early labor with our clients. Like that's not, that's not part of our job. Um, and I think, and that's true, like that confusion, like doula versus midwife. Um, so our primary role at a labor and birth is risk assessment. So it's making Mm. sure by monitoring the mom's vitals, by monitoring the baby, by being present, by, you know, seeing how the labor is going. Um, our role is to make sure that everything is normal, healthy, low risk, and mm-hmm. and that labor is moving um, in a safe and healthy way. So that's our focus. And so that involves, like, we cannot give undivided attention to necessarily, like, squeezing hips, rubbing the back, um, massage, mm. like, because we're, we do have to focus on you know, our, our assessments that we have to chart everything. Um, and then also like midwives just aren't the best doulas. Like there's a reason we're not doulas. 
Like, we're good. We're very empathetic. But, like, I know doulas are incredible. We're not doulas. So I think, um, and, and we're not usually there with you until good, strong, active mm-hmm. labor. So I think just having another person who is another birth experience, birth person, support person, um, who's not the, who's not the partner, um, to be part of that team. That that's my yeah. ideal, like setup. Um, and, but that, you know, that can, um, not everybody, it can come down to choosing between, um, who you're hiring, honestly, is mm-hmm. where I can come down to a little, like I have this much that's going toward my home birth, my midwifery care. I don't know if I can afford a doula, but that's one thing too. Like, um, some more and more insurance plans are covering doulas. There's even a couple, like maybe one or two Medicaid plans who are covering doulas. Oh, um, there's always doulas in training who they have to attend a certain number of births, uh, you know, to become a mm-hmm. certified doula. So there's always, there's always an option for a lower cost, um, and or free doula. Um, so yeah, if you just, if you find to figure out who to talk to and you know, there's, there's a way I think most everybody can have access to a doula or like normalize putting it on your registry. Um, normalize. Yeah, a good there's idea. a lot of things that I wish we would normalize as far as like, um, that it's okay to ask other people to help pay for and yeah. doulas being one of them, a prenatal, you know, labor doula, even postpartum doula. Um, mm-hmm. it's okay. And if you don't need a bunch of baby stuff, like say, Hey, will you, if you want to give donate to my doula? Well, I love that too, because everybody gives you stuff for the baby. Yeah. You know? Like what about aftercare like what about a bottle of wine or champagne for mom like what about you know like something or if you're going to give clothes can you give me like two tea clothes instead of six months clothes because Mm -hmm. like when i want to be prepared in two years when i forget to get stuff because all of a sudden they grew four inches you know like that kind of thing i think is i think i would wish we would change too yeah slowly but surely maybe you know, one step at a time. Right. Oh, I was going to ask you something else. Oh, when it comes to like payments for midwi- for midwives, mm-hmm. so do a lot of them take insurances or is it usually out of pocket? Um, yeah, it's usually out of pocket and the price varies from location to location. Um, mm. so we, our practice, we are the only insurance we do accept is actually, um, Medicaid. So we are Medicaid okay. providers. Um, so that's great. Uh, private, I I don't want to bash like the system, but (laughs) insurance is not in the interest of providers. So, you know, we cannot possibly be sustainable, um, without charging our fee, what it costs. Interesting. Because even if we did contract with private insurance, they would pay us about a half of what our fee is and again then we have to increase our volume and then we just become burnt out midwives and everybody yeah. suffers um so it is typically out of pocket um and usually in this area like five to six to seven thousand um for home birth or birth center is kind of the going rate um and then but that being said if somebody does have private insurance um they may be able to find a midwife who's in network like there are midwives who do that who are in network mm-hmm. or there can usually still be um 
we can still bill the insurance and there may be some reimbursement or some compensation back. Oh. It really depends. It depends. Every single plan is different. So it varies plan from plan what exactly the benefits are um, and if the midwife is the network or not. Oh gosh, healthcare system. I mean, that's a good answer to a question because it really does all yeah. depend on who, what, where, when, it's, why, how. Exactly. So I tell people to plan, like anticipate paying the fee out of pocket and then anything mm -hmm. else is just like, oh, yay, we got something back. Got some back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it does take, actually, that's, um, it does, it can take a little bit of planning ahead. Like if you mm -hmm. know that something that you're interested in, like start thinking about it, start the process early. Um, cause like transferring at 34 weeks, like, I, I don't know. I don't have like five friends sitting around to just be like, here you go. There we go. <laughs> um, that's a actually a really good point too. If you look at what it costs to have birth in the hospital, even with insurance, like we still paid, you know, and you're like, it's because if you're you know, asking for an epidural right. or, you know, oxygen or whatever it is mm -hmm. like that just happens to come up, you know, and just being that like your insurance is only going to cover so much. Yeah. And, some and then you have plans, to pay the difference like, anyway. I see plans that have a deductible of six to $10,000. Like yeah. you've already paid us so. by that point. Like they're, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Insurance. It's just <laughs> it's something to think about. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're not going to get into that part of this. Uh, that's a mess. But just just good to be for people to know mm -hmm. that maybe look up what it will cost to have birth right. in the hospital if you're considering going a different direction. Mm -hmm. Like, what are the perks and benefits from a financial perspective? Like, if you're going to be out six grand, no matter what, what's the difference? Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's my two cents. That's all I got. I wish I would have thought about that four years ago. Mm -hmm. um, what is the most overrated advice or information you think first time moms are given? Yeah, you have such good questions. I don't, that's <laughs> I don't, see, I don't, I'm really like in a strange bubble. Like nobody gives me advice. So I, I don't know. I don't know what advice they're given. Um, I shouldn't say that people do give me advice. Um, <laughs> Can you give me some examples? I really don't. Good. I don't know. Like if anything along the lines of, you know, home birth is dangerous or you should have a doctor okay. or okay, yes. like anything that so. you think is kind of really, Yeah, we still think like that. So a lot like, of women yeah. are told, or there's this, um, like portrayal of that, like a normal average woman isn't going to be able to handle unmedicated birth. Like, Oh, like mm. you're so brave. Or like, Oh, I could never do that. Or like, you're going to be able to do it. Like anybody can do it. Um, anybody, anybody can have an unmedicated birth. I mm -hmm. genuinely believe that if you don't want to don't do it. I totally support the choices that like anybody can do it. It's, it's, completely possible. And it's not like, it's funny. Cause I do actually know people are like, Oh, you're so brave to do that. And I'm like, I think you're brave to go to the hospital. So it's all perspective, <laughs> right? Like it's so much a perspective. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, most advice is we need to calm it down with our advice. Anyhow, generally speaking, like Fair. people, my advice is like, 
be informed, be very informed, know your options, know what you want, and then just make the decision that's best for you and your family. Um, and you don't have to, you don't have to defend that to other people. You don't even have to share it with other people. Um, if people come at you with like, they want to know why you're doing something, you don't actually have, if you want to share and if you want to explain it, you can, but it's none of their business. Like yeah. you don't have to defend or justify yeah. your choices for your body. Like you can just do it. Amen to that. I thought I did think of another thing actually randomly while you're talking. Um, when you do go to a birth, is it usually just one midwife that's in attendance or Great two? Question. So we, or... um, this, this practice that I've announced, uh, JCM, um, it's the first time I've been in a multiple midwife practice and our model of mm. care is to have two midwives attending every birth. And it has mm -hmm. been amazing. It's been, um, it's kind of unique to us, like the way I was trained and like most of the midwives that I know of around Florida, it's usually, there's always a second person. It's usually a, a primary midwife and then maybe a student midwife or what we call like a birth mm. assistant. Um, but having that second midwife, just because it's, we, we work really well. It's two people who can make independent um, decisions, uh, who have the skills mm -hmm. and knowledge to like act. So we really do it primarily for safety um, because there's two people and also some things you just need. Yeah. If, if we need to do some things like they are two person jobs and just having another licensed professional is huge. Um, and then we, we just love the model for, for quality of care, for our own sanity. Mm -hmm. um, and then we do have student midwives. Um, we support, you know, training student midwives. So there's also usually a student midwife with us who's depending on her level of education, where she's at in the program, um, very much mm -hmm. dictates like how much they are doing, you know, kind of their role up to the point. Like once you have a senior student who you trust and who knows things, like we have to like, let them, we have to, you know, step back and allow them to really do a lot of the, um, hands-on things. And we supervise that. Um, so yeah, so we're, sense. we're really Sorry. careful with who we bring on. Um, and they have to prove that they're trustworthy. But we have we have had amazing we've had some amazing students. It's crazy. We just um, graduated one of our students, or she graduated. Aww. She'll be licensed by the end of the year. I mean, I would have her as a midwife in a heartbeat. Like she's, it's crazy because, and also being trained by multiple midwives, like she's better in some ways. She has the potential to be better than all of us because she's benefited from a group of midwives. You know. That's, that, I, I well, love that's really cool. All midwives. My advice to midwives is get yourself a partner. Um, it's so much better. It's so much easier to have like a, it's like a team. Uh, yeah. Oh, makes sense. It's also, really worth it's about, if like, you don't team. have a partner, like I started my first practice, um, was just me. Like you're never off call. Like you might have slower times, but you're, you can never just turn it off, like step mm -hmm. away from your phone. Like you, and so the energy requirement it's, it's too much. Like it will burn you out really quick. That is tough. Mm -hmm. That's a really good, that's a really good thing to note on and talk about. Like you think about it, like you can only take in so many births because you don't know when the baby's going to yeah. come, but then you can never be off. Like you literally can never be off if you're like rolling solo. Right. Unless you have to schedule it, but yeah, essentially you're just never off. 
But, but then if that baby comes three weeks early and you're in, you know, on a holiday. No, there's no holiday. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> um, do you have any might and unsolicited advice for new moms or soon to be moms? I feel like I've given a bunch of it. Um... <laughs> fair. That's a fair um, statement. <laughs> too much about, uh, like tons of skin to skin. Um, just do it. Do it. Um, Doing a breastfeeding class ahead of time, I think, like, a lot of people do childbirth ed- education, but, like, specialize, mm-hmm. like, a little bit of breastfeeding and newborn, um, because that's where people prep so much for the birth, and then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, wow, they get slammed with the challenges of a brand-new baby human and, like, recovering from a birth, which who knows how it actually ended up. Like, yeah, there's no guarantees of what you plan for that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so just putting, taking, like, once you hit, like, third trimester, you're, or, you know, like, 32, 34 weeks, you're pretty much, you're prepared, you're prepped for the birth. Like, you've mm-hmm. done the education, you have your team, um, you're set. So start to shift that focus to, like, postpartum to newborn care to, to however, breastfeeding, ideally, if you're planning to breastfeed or whatever yeah. you're planning to do, um, and then to, like, putting together your postpartum team um and also like your plans for if things go left and this isn't where we end up or you know home births do sometimes end up in the hospital and like that's that's always going to happen there's always going to be a percentage of planned home births that do not end up at home um that's normal that's okay there's a reason for that and the style, well, the myself, did you hear that? Hey, yeah. hey puppy. <laughs> someone just came into my house. <laughs> Hopefully it was someone who's supposed to be here. <laughs> so I was just thinking, are you allowed in there, man? Cool. Excuse me. Um, the two-year-old's out there, so. <laughs> Regulating the door. <laughs> um, I totally lost my train of thought. Uh, home, sometimes home birth oh, yeah so just yeah not thinking that through talking that through having a plan for transfer of care um but yeah just like a good solid thoughts and preparedness for that postpartum period um that have you seen you've seen the haka the little breast pump that like sections it's, yeah okay that everybody should have one of those those things that is like a lifesaver for this, especially those first couple of weeks postpartum. Um, yeah. So that's my like favorite item right now to buy people. Yeah, and then something to wear your baby in is good, like if a carrier. You don't need a lot. Babies don't need a lot. I also something I, I should have probably asked you earlier on, but like it sounds like having a birth plan is very essential for a home birth having a very detailed layout Uh, an idea of what you want mm, yes and no because because you don't want to yeah because you don't want to you don't want to hold on to something too much like you do want to approach labor and birth you want to have like an an idea of what you want like you want to have the things that you want available and set up and your people and you want to be comfortable but you don't you don't know what is going to happen? So not being too like, like, like I have to have a water birth or I have to have this, um, mm. not being too, too attached to a particular thing, I think is also 
healthy and good. But yeah, we do part of prenatal care with a out of hospital with a home birth midwife um, is making an emergency care plan. So like talking mm. about why we transfer, kind of what that looks like. We make a specific plan for that patient of where they would prefer to transfer to. Um, so that that is part of the prenatal care. As far as the birth plan, um, we kind of like things that people put on a birth plan for the hospital, like skin to skin delayed cord clamping. Yeah. That's kind of how we practice. And also like you're, it's right there. Like we're not doing anything to your baby. Your baby's, we're not going anywhere. There. Like, yeah. So, yeah. um, that's just generally how home birth midwives practice already, but it's, it usually, it does get discussed prenatally, but having a newborn care plan, as you think is important, just in case, again, just in case you do transfer to the hospital, um, so things that you really like do want for your newborn, um, and then even for for the mom themselves, like having an idea of how they can best be supported postpartum. That's awesome. That's I never thought about having an infant care plan. <laughs> That's a really well, good thing to talk about. Yeah, well, I mean, like the things like the newborn procedures and like the mm -hmm. baby, baby um, you know, right? Cutting. Totally. Mm -hmm. Ah, nice. I mean, I was in the hospital, so it was a little different. They kind of did that for me. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of people <laughs> like, they take not their plans into the hospital, and that's cool. Like hospital, I mean, honestly, labor and delivery nurses do most of the stuff. Like they're the point person, and they're they're awesome. They they care about women. Like they care about people. They might be really crazy busy sometimes, and so it can come across as like. And yeah, time for totally. me, that's just because there's like eight other babies being born on the floor, you know, um, but they're good <laughs> people. And um, especially like, I think hospitals will follow the the money and follow like the, um, the demand. Mm -hmm. So the more women, like the uh, baby friendly hospitals are increasing, I think in desirability and in um, like importance, like hospitals are realizing like, oh man, people want these things. They want more natural yep. choices. They want, they want more breastfeeding support. They want mm -hmm. skin. Like, so hospitals are definitely like catching up and being, some hospitals are absolutely amazing at facilitating that. So that's, you know, if anybody's choosing a hospital birth or, um, when they're thinking about where would I want to go, those are good things to consider mm -hmm. too. Like, is, is that hospital baby friendly? Like have the baby friendly, um, it's not, I don't mm -hmm. know, certification, like, stamp of approval um but totally like when just to your point where our son he was born in dallas and everything was like they promoted breastfeeding you had the delayed cord clamping you know dominic got to cut the um, umbilical cord like he could have cut caught the baby but he didn't mm -hmm. want to he's like i don't want to go anywhere down there <laughs> fair um they did the skin to skin. Like it was all of the things that you didn't even like, know you had to think about until you're pregnant. You're like, Oh, these are all things. That's, oh yeah. That's they are amazing that they are doing. And that. then, so it, for us, it was easier because we didn't, we're like, Oh, they're going to promote breastfeeding. And I literally, again, so many people trying to help me express mm -hmm. and like, no, you need this much colostrum. No, I got to do, this. I got to do the same thing over here. You're like, whoa, get your hands right. off my boobs. <laughs> but also I found it so helpful to have that support. You know what I mean? But not all hospitals are like yeah. that. So that was the unicorn mm -hmm. for yeah, us. That sounds like I was a like, well, this is awesome. Hospital, like, right? great. All right, Jacinda, I've stolen enough of your time. Is there anything else you would like to share with us about your profession and 
how you're a home birth hero. <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. I'm just a normal person. <laughs> hey, I, I could not go around making babies, having babies, helping babies be born. So I'm fascinated uh, by you. it. I think it's incredible. Well, thank you so much for spending time. If anybody's a Florida local, you can check Jacinda and her team out. Jacksonville Community Midwives. They're based in Duval County. I think they might travel a little bit. Yeah, actually, <laughs> as we made the name before we got our office, our office is actually in Orange Park, which is in Clay County. But we, we cover, like, we cover all over St. Augustine, yeah. Fernandina, all parts of Jacksonville. So we just love we it. Go everywhere. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And until next time, people, have fun learning all the things you didn't know you needed to know. 